have been going through a series called Lived Theology. So you may have listened to some of the podcasts if you couldn't make some of them. Um, but yeah, we've been covering a bit of turf around how we can live out the theology that we believe as Christians and um, about who Jesus is, about what he who he claimed to be and what he accomplished for us. Uh, And we've been talking around the topic of, or Pastor Joel has been talking around the topic of how we can live out that every day. Um, That we can have this amazing theology, we can have this amazing view of who God is, uh, but then how do we actually, in the grit and the daily grind of our days, see that play out? Uh, And so I'm grateful that I get to wrap it up um, and give us a few thoughts as we finish. But I encourage you, if you haven't heard any of the, um, the sermons, um, check out the podcast, which is why I have this on. <laughs> Little thing here. <laughs> Hello. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we've covered the atonement, we've covered justification, and we've covered sanctification, uh, which are all wonderful words. Uh, and so we've talked about how Christ has done for us what we were incapable of doing uh, in our sinful nature by being a sacrifice for our sin. We've covered the fact that we are made right and we receive grace as we repent from our old ways and mindsets and put our faith in Jesus. Um, And that every aspect of our lives are being renewed and restored into the image and the likeness of Christ. There's plenty that Pastor Joel has covered. um, But I want us uh, to have a little bit of a um, further dig into this tonight and think about it. Um, in a different light as well. So I've been listening to the messages. I've been in and out of um, looking after kids and being in here and hearing our conversations around our tables at dinner church. Um, And it's been really lovely to hear you all sharing your own experiences and how you see this play out. And I want to encourage us to continue to do that, to continue to wrestle with our faith, not just in this space, in this amazing Christian environment that we can be in and be encouraged in, but how can we see that play out in our day to day, in our Monday through to our Saturday. Uh, And these are topics that some of us may have heard over the years through church talked about. um, And that's great, but I think it's something we need to revisit constantly. Anybody agree with me on that? Yes, great, awesome. Uh, So uh, firstly, let's have a look at Romans 12. If you've got your Bibles, digital form, paper form, and Colette's going to read out a big chunk of scripture for us tonight in Romans 12. Uh, It's there on your sheets as well in front of you if you'd like to read along. Over to you, Colette. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individual, individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in um, pro- proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, 
the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, um, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honourable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Um, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Amen. So I often find myself reflecting on this scripture a lot, uh, as I would hope a lot of us do if they've been around uh, and been in Christianity and following Jesus for a long time. Um, and I don't know about you, but when I read that passage, I can come through some of it being really uplifted and really encouraged and like, yay, let's do this. And then parts of it, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. What are you expecting of me, God? This seems impossible. Um, and I hope that's not just me, but um, in reflecting on how we can live out our theology, how we can actually see Christ and his spirit impact uh, every single day, uh, I'm reminded of this scripture and many others while I'm vacuuming. Whilst I'm walking my dog, which happens rarely these days, <laughs> um, as I am uh, packing lunches for my girls for the next day into this, their bags, um, as I'm making my bed in the morning. Lately, I've been thinking about these scriptures and what Paul is talking about here um, to the early church about how we can live our every single day as a living sacrifice before God and to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, that we can have incredible moments in God's presence as we're gathered together and those things are really beautiful and really important. But when we wake up in the morning and we pull off the covers of our bed and we get up and we brush our teeth and um, look, attend to our children or not children, to our pets, or <laughs> um, as we do the tasks that are buzzing on our phone, um, how much are we allowing God's spirit to teach us in those everyday moments? And it's been rattling around in my mind as we've been going through these series. I can't help it when I'm out there putting clothing in the dryer or driving to an appointment. Sometimes I'm in a flurry and I'm just doing what I'm doing, but other times I'm noticing God is trying to talk to me in those spaces as well. 
And Eugene Peterson puts it beautifully in some very everyday language in the message translation. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. And so if we're going to live out this theology, if we're going to take this not just out of this series and have a nice discussion about it, but if we're actually going to allow God to um, shape and transform our character and shape and form who we are as followers of Christ, uh, I want to call us to consider some areas of our life um, that we possibly haven't considered before. So Paul is teaching to look at our lives as a whole. Not just our Bible discussions, not just our podcast listening, not just our robust, robust um, conversations, our robust tea drinking. That's, that's down in my point later. <laughs> that's a holy thing. Um, but our walking, our eating, our commuting, our work, our communication with others, our health, how we maintain it, and our resting. There's plenty of other topics we can talk about. Um, But it is so easy to be tossed to and fro in our day. And like Paul is saying, be to and fro from the culture around you. Um, It's so easy to be conformed to the patterns of this world. Um, And so something God has been uh, speaking to me quite gently in is, yeah, to present not just these very traditional ways of giving him our life, which are beautiful and important, but also with these day-to-day things as well and present them as opportunities for him to teach us and transform things in us. So we're living in a culture where people are either wrestling with their faith, those close to us, or they're wrestling with the lack thereof of a faith. (laughs) Um, And we're we're in a culture that is now termed as post-Christian. So we can't be naive. We can't be naive about what we are being tossed to and fro with. What we have not recognised hasn't been humbly submitted before God uh, and, yeah, to be wholly transformed in. And I don't want us to look at this passage as, oh my goodness, how are you expecting me to get through all of these things? But what I think Paul is trying to encourage us in is that this is the life of a Christian. This is the life of somebody who is holy and set apart for him. And no, we're not going to get it perfect all the right times. I I definitely can see in his language that he's saying, as much as you can do these things, do them. Um, But in our everyday moments, he gives us and presents us with opportunities by his spirit to strengthen us and to encourage us in order to do those things. And so, as we're letting love be genuine and and not be evil, as we're trying to hold fast to what is good and to love others with a brotherly affection, um, to not be slothful in zeal and to be fervent in the spirit, to rejoice always and hope always and be patient and all of these beautiful things. The formation of those things don't just happen once a week on a Sunday. And the formation of those things don't just happen in our prayer time in the morning. It doesn't. It happens as we're testing those things in our everyday lives. Mm. 
So I want us to think about tonight and to allow God into those unexamined habits that are forming our every day. And I don't want us to sit here in condemnation and feel terrible and feel like, oh my goodness, there's an endless list of all these things that I could be being formed in. But I believe God works gently with us and he is prodding and poking at particular things at certain times. So I've learned recently in my waking, how can my waking moments be submitted as a living sacrifice to God? One thing I've learned in the last two years is that my phone needs to be completely out of that arena right there. <laughs> um, and this is something that's required. Oh, dogs are here. <laughs> oh, dogs. Um, sit down. <laughs> our waking moments. Let me bring us back. And our devices. Um, I've been in a bit of a wrestle with this in the last few years with how do we live with devices in our lives? How do we live with screens in our lives? Do we throw them out of the picture altogether? And do we live in a, this um, community where there's no screens and no devices? Or do we just figure out how to control our habits and allow there to be um, that well-formed character in our habits? Um, and so I've learned that although I'm not perfect, when I wake up in the morning and I turn and there's a phone right there with a blaring screen in front of me telling me about all these notifications, there's something I've got to do about that. And so for the last year, I decided that I need to plug my phone in in a different room. And I've told other people about that and that was a very conscious decision that Joel and I have both made um, and something that I a little bit was a bit, a bit begrudging about the idea. Um, but since then, I wake up with a clear mind. I wake up and I get out of bed and I'm not thinking about all the tasks I need to do and I'm not thinking about what the weather is and I'm not thinking about um, what's happening in the news. And although those things are really important to be on top of at times, um, those waking moments are beautiful opportunities for us to meet with our Lord and to meet mm -hmm. with his spirit and to get our hearts in a position for the day ahead. And so I've learnt in the last few years with um, unplugging my phone from my bedroom and plugging it into the lounge room, that when I wake up, I can pray the Lord's Prayer a lot easier. <laughs> when I wake up, I make my bed. I don't just leave the room because I wasn't noticing it. And I sit on my bed and I've made my bed for the day and I've sat on my bed and I can, I can chat to God. I'm not saying I do this every day perfectly. But this practice and this habit that I'm trying to form and bring in my theology, to bring in who is my, my go-to in the morning? Is it the coffee machine straight away? Which isn't always terrible. But are we allowing God into that space before we even get out of our bed? In our waking, are we presenting our lives as living sacrifices before God? When I open the curtains in my bedroom... I thank God for the new mercies of the day. And that is a new thing that I hadn't done before. <laughs> Opening up the curtains and going, Lord, this is a new day. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. For some people that's annoying, but for me, it's a beautiful sign of a new day. I slowly let myself wake up and greet my girls and greet Joel, trying not to be grumpy. <laughs> Where Joel brings me a nice coffee and I'm like, oh... <laughs> What a guy. Um, but I'm having to form these things. For some reason, for however long I've had a device in my hand, my morning routine 
got a skew if way. And I didn't give myself opportunities to, to shift that and to change that. And yes, there's devotional times that work in amongst that. But I just want us to think about not just this one example, but our everyday lives. Placing these everyday habits um, and practices before God and letting the Spirit of God shape our character and our intentions can be a very formative space to be in. He doesn't leave me where I am. God's grace uh, whispers and leads us into these places. He's using these opportunities wrapped in my failures, my independent, stubborn mind to sober me and lead me into his presence, to remind me of the source of true living water. When I've lost my keys and I also lose my patience, am I letting God into that space? And my parents taught me once that God can help me find my keys, but sometimes I lost that along the way. There's so many opportunities in our everyday where we can learn um, his character and learn how to be living sacrifices. I love this thought in um, a book that I'm reading at the moment uh, by a lady named Tish Harrison Warren. And she says, we have everyday habits, formative practices that constitute daily liturgies. By reaching for my smartphone every morning, I had developed a ritual that trained me towards a certain end, entertainment and stimulation via technology. Regardless of my professed worldviews or particular Christian subculture, my unexamined daily habit was shaping me into a worshipper of a glowing screen. Examining my daily liturgy as, as a liturgy, as something that both revealed and shaped what I love and worship, allowed me to realize that my daily practices were malforming me, making me less alive, less human, less able to give and receive love throughout my day. Changing this ritual allowed me to form a new repetitive and contemplative habit that pointed me towards a different way of being in the world. I'm going to move away from this topic now. (laughs) I feel like we're catching it. I feel like we can catch it. If we want to go before and beyond the church walls and our cosy dinner table chats and share the gospel with our neighbours, share the gospel with our families, share the gospel with our loved ones or with strangers, I think we need to consider how our everyday moments have an opportunity for that and are we giving him margin and space for those moments. And this is something that we talk about um, at times and we have talked about through this series but we need to be true life-giving spirit-led people in the church and we need to bring that into our everyday habits correcting shaping and renewing us to be people that carry life into conflicting and anxious anxious cultures so I would encourage you uh, this week to think about what is one or two habits What is one or two things in your day so normal? It could be putting washing out on the line or maybe not something so mummy. (laughs) It could be when you're opening your to-do list for the day or your emails. It could be when you're sending emails. I recently read of somebody who um, used their emails as a way to bless people. That was their view of it. It wasn't to curse. It wasn't to bring down people. They learnt to use their emails as a way to bless people with their language. And I thought that was a really interesting way to, to view it. So, so they don't speak English? Um, no, they used to use English still. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So there is now no condemnation, Paul says in Romans, for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the righteous requirement of sin has been met in what Christ has done on the cross for us. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing that we can learn and know and believe about our faith. That we don't read scriptures like Romans 12 in a place of condemnation, in a place of, oh, I can't get this right. I keep messing up. I keep falling short. But we can recognize that Christ is the righteous requirement and that he provides his spirit for us as we stand in and acknowledge um, his place and what he offers in our space of humanity. To be living sacrifices by his grace that are holy and pleasing to him, that we might be able to discern his will and be renewed by his mind is what Paul is saying here, to do what is good. So what is the habit um, that have been formed in your life? What are some habits that God has shaped in your life? And I want you to be reminded that God is able to shape things in your life. He has shaped things in your life so far. There are character traits that he's moved and, and formed in you that are based on the theology that you stand on. But what are some new habits that he's prompting you in? What are some areas of your life where we've got a bit relaxed or we haven't even considered him in? And I want you to think about those things this week and um, as we discuss them next week in dinner church. But our beautiful Jesus, oh, that whilst we're still sinners, Christ came into the world, not in the way that people would assume to overthrow the government, but in form of an infant, fully man, fully God, humbling his status in society into that of our human flesh. He lived here on earth, often quietly pleasing the Father and demonstrated a holy and set apart life. He is our example. He is the very image of the Father, unblemished by sin. He held truth and love in equal measure, was not afraid to share in the teaching of justice and truth, but he also left the final judgment to the Father. For our sake, he humbled himself to the cross. He despised its shame. He did what we in our sinful flesh were not able to do. He overcame death on the cross so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. These are the things that Jesus has accomplished for us. But he didn't just accomplish them so that we can live our everyday, ordinary lives not set apart. It's by grace that we're saved through faith in what Christ has accomplished for us in his death and resurrection and the outpouring of his spirit on all people. Jew and Gentile, male and female, poor and rich, that none of us can boast. He has done this so that we can be fully reconciled back to him, grafted into his family, his church, the light of the world, a city on a hill that shouldn't be hidden, but that in our everyday lives we would learn to be shaped and crafted into his image by his grace and by his wisdom, not of our own doing. Mm. 